You're now listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast, straight from the streets of Tokyo. And we ain't talking no sushi temples and shrines and shit, motherfuckers. Live from the streets, Tokyo. Where we at today, Buddha man? Man, we in this guy in my area, man. We right across the street from where, uh, what's that brother name? Uh, Keith Tim, Herring. Keith Herring, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to uh, do a little art in this building. He had an exhibition over here in Tokyo, and unfortunately, uh, they're tearing it down and everything. But yeah, we here in the Tokyo area on the streets, like uh, we always be, you know what I'm saying? Right, and we have a very special guest yes, here. Yes, sir. It's Almonte from the East Side, Harlem mm-hmm. Reppin', you already know. All right, all right. My <laughs> man, Mr. Almonte, Jeffrey Almonte? Jeffrey Almonte, yeah. Jeffrey Almonte. Who do you want to go by, Jeffrey? Almonte. Almonte, all right, all okay. right. I'm okay. Buddha. All right, Tokyo Cliff is in the building, so. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, what are you doing here, man? Tokyo. I'm out here shooting a documentary about the unspoken relationship between, uh, Africans and Asians mm. in the hood and so basically I'm out here in Tokyo to get kind of like an outside perspective on black people that have gone to Tokyo and also Japanese people um, and their relationships with um, interracial relationships and whatnot to try to relate uh, relate it back to the relationship in the hood with mm. um, Asians and black people mm. okay yeah, very, interesting. very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting mission you got going on. Okay, so first time in Tokyo though, right? Yeah, first time. First time in Asia. Wow, what do yeah. you think so far? It's dope out here. It's, it's crazy. The culture shock is real. Like, um, I mean, it's like there's certain things that you see in media that it is kind of true, but then there's other things that it's like, wow, I didn't even think that would happen. Okay, so what's kind of true? Let us know. <laughs> um, what's kind of true is um, definitely like how packed the trains are in yeah. Tokyo mm. and how shy people are like that whole kawaii shy girl thing yes. like that shit is true like mm. people <laughs> swear, and that's true for the dudes and for the girls like Absolutely, you know like yeah. in anime when like dudes nose be bleeding and shit just yeah. cause like a girl touched him it's like it's it's obviously their nose is not bleeding but people are super shy like we was doing street interviews two days ago uh-huh. and it was super hard just to get anybody and my boy Kaz he speaks Japanese fluently like because he grew up here yeah and still so it wasn't even a gaijin thing it was just like they're just shy <laughs> they were just super shy yeah, to speak. yeah all right what is what are some things that are or one or two things that's not exactly true um what's not so true far? what's not true um I think I think like thinking of Tokyo like I felt like it would be more like New York where you see more crazy shit going on ah in the trains and stuff like that like I was just about to bring right like you know there's always something crazy going on in the trains I thought I would see like more fashionistas and like I thought I would see more people wearing like real flamboyant crazy clothes but now like everybody's like wearing a suit going to work and like it's very like very uniform yeah you'll see that every once in a while you might see somebody sprinkled in the crowd is Right, every once in a while, exactly. You know, um, it's like one in thirty people. Exactly. You know, in New York, everybody look crazy. Everybody doing their own thing. Exactly. (laughs) Now, the one time you will see a whole bunch of craziness on a train, Halloween. 
Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Costumes. They go all fucking galore. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like it's like what Buddha said: it's a uniform society. So Halloween is kind of like your time to step away from that and exactly. just go in. It's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. Now, 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 piggybacking on what you were saying about you know they dress conservatively on the trains and everything. Yeah. See, also a lot of, and that's a true point. But a lot of them in their backpacks, they have their crazy clothes with them. So you know, you'll notice right. a lot of lockers near the train stations and this, that, and the other. Yeah, so they change into their freaky outfits. They, they hentai they, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, I mean, man, I've seen chicks, you know, get off the train and stuff. And then about an hour later, I'm like, man, did we see that same girl with the red, <laughs> wearing a leather, leather outfit with, you know, some S&M looking shit, you oh, know? So, so they, they, uh, they let their freak out once they get to their location. So they'll just slap that stuff in a train locker, bro. And then they out there, you know what I'm saying? That sounds like how it used to be back in high school when people used to have to wear uniforms so they bring their, their clothes with yeah. them yeah, to yeah. dress down so after school they'll still be fly and mm-hmm. they won't be wearing their uniform. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, and one thing that I actually appreciate uh, about Japan, and I, I'm very I'm very used to it now, is that, I don't know if you noticed, but it's it's bad manners to, to talk on the phone, right. on the train, mm-hmm. or on the bus. So, uh, or make any type of, I guess noise that's unnecessary that, mm-hmm. that disturbs, you know, the, right. the commuters. Mm-hmm. So like I remember one day um, I'm on the bus and I just forgot to turn my um, my ringer off or mm-hmm. put it on vibrate or what they say manner mode. Yeah. Manner mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man- <laughs> vibrate is manner mode in, in Japan. So, so um, yeah, I forgot to put it on manner mode and my shit just like blow up and I'm just like I'm mad embarrassed because I'm like I'm trying to <laughs> trying to find yeah. my phone you know what I mean but that's because I've, I've been here so long that mm-hmm. I, I you know I feel embarrassed right. when my phone rings you know what I'm saying yeah New York people just yelling on their phone exactly. with their baby moms all the time exactly <laughs> it's like a totally it's like night and day you know what I mean mm-hmm. night and day difference so what's up man what's up so you've been you've been Getting around shooting and stuff, right? Doing a lot yeah, of- since I landed, like, just started shooting right away. Like, it's only been two days, and it feels like it's been a month. That's mm. that's how much I've, I've been getting done down here. Cool, so, cool. um, so yeah, we, definitely. Yeah, well, I, I'm trying to see. So, it was maybe a week ago, via the uh, the Facebook group, right. Black Creative Japan. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Ayana, um, who is the, uh, I guess, the founder of the group, the creator of the group, Black Creative Japan. Y'all look that up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can join if you want. Um, and it's basically just a Facebook group with a bunch of creatives of African, Af- African-American descent. And we just try to uh, collaborate with each other and, and, and motivate each other and, you know, share our creative work. That definitely came in clutch because, like, yeah. I literally found out about it, like, on my flight here. Yeah, because yeah, like like um, my friend Brianna, she was like worried because she because I had told her so last minute. Like I, I it wasn't a, like I knew I was coming to Tokyo, but mm-hmm. I didn't know for sure for sure. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go. Gotcha. And then so like that night, booked my ticket, and then the morning of, I was supposed to go at like 9:20 a.m. She was like, oh my god, you're going? Check out this group, blah blah blah. So you can at least have some people to connect with this mm-hmm. and that. And she showed me this video. I went to the support group, uh-huh. and um posted my thing i was like hey guys i'm shooting a documentary right away i had like 10 people commenting yeah, like yo let me show myself. you here or let me yeah and i was just like i was like wow like that's crazy and the some love. people knew me i was like i didn't even know people knew me in tokyo exactly and I, was, and I was like the, the way how tight-knit it was it was just like it's crazy how much support yeah that, like i was getting coming out here is it's great you know so once again shout out to black creative japan on facebook um yeah man that, that's how i saw your work and i'm 
you know, like you said, I was one of those people that was like, oh, cool, you know. And then for me, it was more like, you know, coming, you coming from Harlem. I'm, I'm originally from Brooklyn, so mm-hmm. I was like, you know, show love is the Brooklyn way, right? That's what Biggie <laughs> says. So um, I was just like, yeah, I want to show the brother some love and possibly link up with you, and I'm glad we did. And um, So, talk, talk about the uh, the video that you shared in the group. It's called "I Got Robbed." I got yeah, yeah. yeah bro. So, so, so um, that. yeah, it's basically about um, I started this whole thing called the Nexus, and the Nexus is basically um, it's this place, it's a realm where artists feel as free as they possibly can and they're unrestricted by any kind of like um like unrestricted by society so they could say and express whatever they want like whatever traumatizing situation or anything like that's kind of like just their place is neutral it's not happy it's not sad it's just like it's as real and raw and them like in their element and i wanted to start that as a way because as a way for artists to express themselves because i felt like there's always like a lot of interviews about like oh what are you doing next or what's this or what's that or like they're very political and yeah everything is politics but i feel like i also wanted to make like an interview that has a more personal side yes and so i uh, i started off interviewing my boy Dwayne. Uh-huh. his rapper name is uh debo dioso he's okay. a rapper based in harlem as well and he spoke about growing up um in gang violence and what made him like stop doing that Okay. And growing up and like losing his uncle and like his uncle's influence on his his rap, so it was like very personal, very intimate, and and then I I made one about me being robbed, which was also when I was like very personal, very intimate, very raw, as a way so that people could could um kind of humanize artistry because yeah. a lot of times we see the art as just like an expression and they we just like let it be art and we kind of see it in this vacuum of oh well music is just music. Yeah. Or a film is just a film, but it's not just a film. And that comes from like a very raw, sentimental place from yes. the artist. And so I wanted to explain what inspired my film, The Initiate, by talking about how I actually got robbed and how that inspired um, the film the film itself. Yes. And um, just as I su- suspected, people related more to me explaining the film and, and, and the actual real raw story more than they connected to the film because they're like, oh shit, like I'm an artist and I feel this way. Or maybe they didn't even think of using art to cope with a trauma that they had and now mm. they can be inspired to kind of to kind of turn to art to to cope and they also feel like oh i'm not the only one that went through this like everyone was sharing stories that was super similar and it was like wow like i didn't even realize that so many people went through this blah 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 and it's just um kind of creates a, a community around it like yeah. the nexus is a realm you know where, where that, that's basically it's, it's going to be a series kind of thing okay. well i ain't gonna lie to you bro I checked out that I got robbed uh-huh. and, and it just pulled me right in it. Even though I've never experienced that, but it was just so I don't know, it was it, it was just so deep. And it right. just it just pulled me right in as if I was like, wow, man, that the way that brother, you know, the way the brother uh, the one character, the way he was able to like work his way into just taking your phone mm-hmm. and, and things like that instead of just coming up to you saying yo you know with right. a gun in your face and say give me your shit mm-hmm. and run away you know and I'm like 
wow, man, they, they, that, that was just, it was deep, bro. I, you know, words Thank can't you. describe how deep it was. I was just, because I was going to watch, I said, I'm going to watch about 10 minutes of it, then I'm going to go to sleep, <laughs> and then I'll watch the rest tomorrow. Because, you right. know, when you get up around my age, you know, that, that eight hours of sleep come in handy. You know? yeah. right. So I was watching it. And I just kept watching it, and I just kept watching, and I was like, "Man, I can't wait to meet this young brother, man." Because <laughs> I appreciate you. You, thank you pulled thank you, thank me you. right into that character, and, and I, you pulled me right into you. Yeah. You know, and, and and so that just shows how powerful it was. Even though I've never experienced being robbed, but at the same time, it was like, "Wow, the empathy." You know, it, yeah, because it, sometimes it's, it's like, deep, man. yeah, because empathy is about like what we've experienced and relating it. So maybe like you haven't been robbed of a phone or something physical, but maybe you might have been robbed of your respect, maybe somebody made, mm -hmm. you might've felt like somebody took something from you. Absolutely. So everyone could kind of like empathize with, with something like that, yeah. like feeling like they've been cheated out of something or like they got played somehow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everybody yeah. can relate to that story, yeah. you know? Yeah. What I thought about too is, it's not the stereo, it's not the typical way of people getting robbed. It's people sometimes are your friend or they've seemed friendly. Like the dude right. came up to you, started to have a conversation seeming somewhat friendly although weird mm -hmm. but and then he was able to just do his thing that way rather than just like by brute force or, right right you know being blunt and just say yeah, give me yeah. your money or give me your phone yeah i definitely like i feel like a lot of what i do is trying to um i, tr I try to to give like the hood a voice so like I, I try to like that's why i'm also reaching out to other like to rappers like that grew up in the hood or yeah. like just artists in general that grew up in the hood because I feel like there's they always like use music to cope or like this kind of indirect way to cope. But like the Nexus is a way for them to talk about like how it really was in the hood. Like give a good solid story about like how it really happened like mm. minute by minute. And so I set that example by doing that myself with the I Got Robbed video to yeah. kind of show like this raw real way of how people get robbed instead of like you said the stereotypical like yeah. oh run all your shit and someone yeah. comes with a gun like those yeah. hollywood movies because yeah. it's really not like that and you could tell like when someone when a story is written from an outside perspective versus when some when a story is written exactly. from a very realistic raw uh, um perspective yeah and from your from your true personal experience mm -hmm. but also um what got me was and i'm going back to your character again mm -hmm. you knew something was up right you 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 knew that wow this guy is up to something mm -hmm. and you know, a part of me was saying, well, why are you allowing him to go that mm -hmm. far? Why didn't you cut him off and say, yo, what the fuck you want? Right. Fuck out of my face. But at the same time, when he, you know, you didn't know whether he had a weapon and right. how he was going to react. And I love the way you went back to your martial arts thinking, mm -hmm. you know. And it was so profound when you said that, that uh, don't fight for something. Fight for your life. Fight mm -hmm. to protect your life. Don't fight to protect a cell phone or, or, or mm -hmm. to hold on to a thing. Because you could yeah. always get that at any time but right. it was just the fact that you knew something was up right it's the intuition the, yeah. yeah 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 that intuition kicked in and it was like okay you still allowed it to happen to you but at the same time it was like okay maybe it won't happen to me maybe this guy's i mean right. the way he played you was like it was it was uh let's say what can, word can i use the way he played you mischievous kind of like yeah yeah mischievous and and, and the way conniving kind of yeah, yeah yeah but the way he was able to get into your head and keep you in doubt right level yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's what it is like that's the game like it's like mm -hmm. you sitting there and you give him the benefit of the doubt like oh what's good bro blah 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 yeah. like, build this this false camaraderie yeah so you don't yeah. make a scene so you don't go snick so you don't say help blah blah yeah, blah you exactly. know what i'm saying whereas 
if he would have came up to me and just started like trying to fight me for my phone, yeah. we would have fought yeah. and we would have both got arrested and he wouldn't have had the phone. <laughs> we exactly. both would have been asked out. Exactly. You know, so he was just trying to play that sneaky little game of like, all right, how can I make this as non-confrontational as possible, but mm. still walk away with what I'm trying mm -hmm. to get? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, to me, it just shows the psychology of, uh -huh. of you know, just because you're a robber or you're, a, a, let's say, a thief or a, a gangster or whatever, they still got smarts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Them motherfuckers still on the understand right. the psychological mm -hmm. game of getting what they want. Exactly. You know, and that, that was the beauty of Criminals it. Criminals are smart. They, you know. Yeah, they work hard to. They work hard. You got a scheme. It's a job. It's a job. Well, LeBron say, man, I work hard to improve my craft. They do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you know, talk talk a little bit more about the the documentary you're working on. So Asians and Blacks, the relationship in the hood. What what do you think the status of the relationship is in the hood to you from your perspective? I feel like um, like how I said, like it's an unspoken relationship. It's this connection that's there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like we share culture. We share so much stuff, but we don't really speak to each other. Like mm. you go to the Chinese store, like, yeah, like you might say hi and bye. Like, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it's cool and everything. But like, there's no connection. We don't even know where these people live half the time. Like, yeah. you go to the Chinese store and we'd be like, but wait, we don't even see them in our neighborhoods unless they're selling some shit to us, like in a beauty supply store mm -hmm. or, or like selling us Chinese food or yep. selling whatever. But then they go back to their home in, I don't know, where Flushing or yeah, Chinatown exactly. or whatever. So, so it's like, so it's like, how do we build that? Like, how do we yeah. build on top of the fact that we have this unspoken connection? And then it's also like, I saw this this spectrum of, of like black dudes in the hood kind of mm -hmm. in order to stray away kind of from like that aggressive stereotype of like what black people are yeah. or to try to like um like we would turn to martial arts because martial arts was about discipline and self-control yes. and you know like controlling your temperament mm -hmm. and about honor and about culture as well and since a lot of black people in America feel very stripped from culture we see things like clansmen and, and like nobles and stuff like that like as um we see that as kind of like we could connect to that because that's like kind of a, a traditionalism that was stripped away from african that from africans that we also had in our societies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 so we connect to that and we connect to anime because of their their deep themes about things like that the same thing honor and respect and traditionalism um to kind of stray away from this expectation that um, the American society has for us to be hyper masculine and be a super aggressive or like be violent and shit like that yes. or be like thuggish or, or, or ghetto but you have the other side of the spectrum where you have like Asians that are stereotypically seen as docile and, and submissive yes. mm. they start to turn to hip hop for that same aggression and assertiveness that we try to stray away from often, yes. oftentimes like mm. that alternative black boy that's trying to stray away from that aggression that alternative Asian boy is trying to embrace that and use hip hop as a kind of means to embrace their own um, autonomy almost because it's yes. like even in Japan like like noticing how people like push each other around like into yes. the trains and it's kind of like you just like uh, uh, almost like this thing like you're yeah. not even you're not even uh, um, like I guess like you can uh, that can I can see how that could kind of make you feel voiceless yes almost and hip hop is the kind of thing where it's super revolutionary like built like right after the civil rights movement mm -hmm. and it was it's something that um that kind of get, made black people feel extremely powerful like we was like this is our shit 
and that was a way where we could talk about everything that was in the hood and put it in the mm. song like, yeah yeah we we did this shooting in the hood there, there's drugs in the hood like this is the life that we have to endure like being surrounded by these oppressive forces type shit yeah and um i feel like asians like in in in, in korean trap and in japanese hip-hop yeah from the 90s like you can see that they kind of like they see that swag that comes with hip-hop and it's way more flamboyant than some of their traditionalism and so you see that like we constantly changing exchanging culture absolutely um, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It, there's there's so much shit like like uh afro samurai yeah. wu-tang clan you see those those interlacings there yep. mm. and and i just wanted to talk about that because i feel like it's something that like you don't really see too many documentaries about mm -hmm. um you don't about how how um um blacks and asians in the hood in particular have this silence in between them yet love each other on the low you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you know that's a great point and, and i think also with that what you're working on will also help is is to kind of maybe um force us to 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 analyze or or, or think about the ignorance mm -hmm. on both sides right right Absolutely. um yeah we 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 um we was talking about this not too long ago about how there's still a lot of ignorance even from the black or american perspective towards mm -hmm. asians right and vice versa you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i think something like that will help us you know become more aware right more aware of our, our differences but more so our right. similarities absolutely and our, our, our similar interests you know what i'm saying yeah i always go back to what my angelo said we're more alike than unalike uh -huh. and, you know when you travel to different countries like me and cliff and you're doing and we see different cultures we see a lot of similarities that we all have because we're human right you know you know we have love mm -hmm. we have anger we have all those things you right. know we go through those things on a daily we deal with our stresses and everything mm -hmm. and uh you know, but going back to what you were saying about uh, how the Asians want to bring out their masculinity, you know, through our hip hop, right? I was, uh, I used to be a club bouncer in a hip hop club, right? We used to have a lot of celebrities come through. And these Japanese dudes, this group of dudes, it was about eight deep, right? They walked into the club, and you know, back then I was just yoked like a motherfucker, right? So I was, I was chilling, I was like, I saw it, I saw this ball cap with old English letters saying Shibuya Crips. And I was like, damn, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> so the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in the club, right? And it's funny. I bumped into one of the Shibuya Crips, right? We just bumped into each other. And the guy was like, oh, oh, see my son, I'm so sorry. I'm like, like so I looked at him. You a Crip? And I just said straight up, I was like, you understand English? He said, a little bit. I said, nigga, you a crip? You don't never say excuse me when you bump into a motherfucker. <laughs> you supposed to look at me and say, what's up, nigga? <laughs> you know, or, or, or naga, or however yeah, well, your accent say. something say in it. Japanese, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you know, but it, it was just so funny hard, that as <laughs> soon as he bumped into me, mm -hmm. his culture came out. Right. You, you yeah. know, so that that was, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was the, 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 that was the facade. That was the... Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Shibuya crip. I'm so a crip. Like, you bump into me. And, and I said, what's another thing, you know? I'm like, you ever been to the States? You know, Crips don't like advertise this shit. <laughs> you know? Right, they don't. Like, you know, it was like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Okay. And um, well, and definitely about like what you said, I feel like black people always have been the, the, the people to always like do the work of bridging the gap. Mm. Like in terms of like traveling and stuff like that, like. I, w I was saying in this other um, to this other person I was interviewing. It's like you see all these documentaries like black in Tokyo, black in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. You don't see nothing like Japanese in Harlem. 
of Japanese or, or Chinese in Brooklyn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I wow, feel like nice. yeah, a lot of times, like, it's very one-sided. Yeah. And it comes from the cultures. Like, like black people will be like, oh, here's hip-hop. Everybody everybody could do hip-hop. Here's mm-hmm. rock. Everybody could do rock. You and know, we like, embrace all the right. white rappers and Asian Exactly. Rappers. Yeah, yeah, Extremely yeah, yeah. inclusive. And mm-hmm. I feel like the the... the the culture for at least East Asians from what I've seen, like mm-hmm. Chinese and Korean and mm-hmm. Japanese, they're not as inclusive. They try to keep it like very oh, like, very you know, they try to keep it like within the family type shit and like very. try to keep the culture very tight knit. And I feel like that's very limiting on their side. Like, yeah, on both sides, there's there's um there's kind of like ignorance and a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. But as far as like bridging the gap, I think it's very one sided where black people are, are, are really trying to create this connection. Whereas mm-hmm. like, Asians will love hip hop and do all of this shit, but but at the same time, kind of be scared to to, to kind of like, and it's it's just like the the culture the cultural dissonance is is there because it's like you know oftentimes they're shy and it's and it's weird to come out their shell. It's like yeah. even doing street interviews, you got these Japanese dudes that's like wearing this this um African American style like hip hop gear style. and all that yeah. shit. You got this Japanese dude wearing dreads, and we come up to them and they're acting all jaded and shit. Like, oh yeah, no, I don't yeah, want to, you yes. know, acting like they're too good for us because we gaijin. But it's like, all right, but you did wearing our shit though. And like, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, what another friend of mine uh-huh. uh, talked about. He, he he said he it it turns him off to see like Japanese people so infatuated with black culture, but then like you said, not like you black try people. to have a conversation with them, and like you said, very jaded. Or, or seeming seeming as if they don't want to, uh, right? You know, talk or yeah, know. just just fetishizing our shit. You know? yeah. Right, yeah. right, and, and and it's just like um, it's it's very it's like a fa- infatuation from a distance. It's like you know, I wear this now. That's exactly but when what it is. we actually have a chance to talk and build. You know, it's, it's not it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not, that connection is not right. Exactly, and that's that's just how it is. Um. Um, in the hood, it's, it's the same way. Like you, you see, like this, um, you see, like this close proximity mm-hmm. physically, but then there's this dissonance and this like non-communication going on yes. between um, blacks and Asians. All right. Yeah. So, um, what else you got planned for um, any anything else? As far as like uh, just traveling in Japan, you, um, you got something going well, on? Well, I'm I'm here in Tokyo for now, uh-huh. and. Besides the documentary, I'm also shooting like a quick music video with Kaz. Okay. So I don't know what the hell we doing yet. He was just, I, I was just like, yo, if you got something to shoot out here, we here, let's do it. I got yeah, the yeah. camera, you know, we got the scenery, let's do it. Like, this is your hometown, let's do something. Yeah, shout, shout out to Kaz. Right. Yeah, Kaz. And then, um, and so we're going to do something, I think it's, yeah, tomorrow morning, we're going to try to find something to do. Okay. Um, But I'm only here for like the first six days, familiarize myself, and then back in September, uh-huh. I'm actually coming back again. Okay. To, to visit Osaka, see if I go to Seoul as well, okay. and kind of revisit, maybe do some follow-up interviews, who knows. Have you ever tried out the nightlife? I know you just got here and everything, mm-hmm. but experiencing the, the nightlife here with kind of, uh, let's say you go to a hip-hop club mm-hmm. or something like that, it's experiencing the, the nightlife may give you a slightly different mm-hmm. perspective, because mm. I think that the Japanese who go to the hip-hop clubs where all the brothers are, you know, Africans, whomever, they reach out. They are into us, you know. I mean, they go as far as what, tanning their skin, napping their hair, and slapping in the big gold loop earrings and shit, you know. Uh, so it, it, it's yeah. Um, I think if you experience some nightlife, uh, like Rapungi would be, a, a, if you can, you know, you and your boy Kaz, you know, mm-hmm. get 
talk to a few people in Rapungi, you know, the nightlife, and you might get a slightly different perspective because in the daytime, in my experience, is that you'll see a lot of them show this one face. Right. Then when they break out into the club, it's like, damn, is that the librarian that I saw walking the street, going <laughs> to Starbucks, looking all conservative? Now she's over there grinding, you know, shaking <laughs> her hips and, and grinding her ass and every brother she sees, you know, so... Right. So, so maybe know, what, if you get a, thing, a taste of the nightlife, uh-huh. it could, it could, you know, be pretty light. Oh, right, yeah, because definitely think. on the 26th, we, we, um, Kaz has a show, and we're gonna go out there at, at, at nighttime. So maybe I'll definitely experience that. From, we'll my, from my perspective, though, honestly speaking, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm out there every so often. I'm out there uh, at events and in the nightlife, and my perspective, I, I think. In that environment, right, there's, there's more of a chance of you building a relationship or a connection with a Japanese. But a lot of the times, I think it's still very superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yes, can, yes, yeah. yes, we're in an environment where we can build and have a relationship and talk and vibe. It's more social, like it's kind of like It's just more social, though. Yeah. And like you said, like you brought up with dancing. Yeah, I might dance with a da- Japanese chick or... Uh, there might be a Japanese DJ there playing hip hop, but do we actually connect? Right. I, I don't think so. Like, can we chill? Can we actually chill? <laughs> right. You know, or, so or, or is this just in the moment and we, you know we give each other a head nod, we dance with each other, might have a small conversation, but, but now, where, where does it go from there? From now, after that, then? now we're looking at it from a married guy's perspective. You know, I've been married for over thirty years, yeah. almost thirty-one yeah. years. You've been married for a minute. So when I was single mm-hmm. and I was on the chase, yeah, it was totally different. I met girls that I could chill, you know, with and then kick it with, have a relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, physical and mental and spiritual, you know. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we'll, it'll ever lead to marriage or anything, but I think that looking at it from a married guy's perspective, when you ain't out there on the hunt or you ain't, you know, I think a single guy's perspective can give you a little different you know, you, you see what I'm talking about? Wait, yeah, uh, I see what yeah, but it just depends on what. Because I, I don't think it, you know, being single or married has anything to do with it. If I'm, if I'm connecting with somebody, like it, it meaning that I don't have to be on the hunt. Like I don't have to be trying to bag right. a chick. Yeah, I'm yeah, just talking yeah. about general conversation, I, yeah, I, I general connect, right, friendship. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just threw that yeah. in there, just you know. But uh, yeah, it depends on what I, you're out there looking for, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think being single and being married. I think maybe your goals may be a little bit different. Maybe you're you're, you're maybe mm-hmm. looking for someone to share a relationship with or whatever. You know, you go mm-hmm. to the club. You know, whatever your purpose is. Right. Yeah. I think that the the perspective is different from a single guy or a married guy. Or you know, it could be different from a married guy and a married guy who's out there. Hey, still wanting to see if we got game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's, also, that's, that, that's if you're focusing on intimacy intimacy right because there's also just like yeah. um bridging the gap is not because there's pr- plenty of interracial um, um marriages right yes. there's plenty of interracial couples yes. but it's also like are you interested in my culture just because you're trying to fuck or are you interested because you genuinely love people and yes. you really want to bridge a gap and really culturally interlace what we're doing and it is we already culturally interlacing you know yeah. like this whole oh keep the culture pure shit like yeah. that that's bullshit yeah because yeah. it's already happening yeah you know yeah. like that's been happening like for, for, for years already like for decades like, my brother right decades exactly I've so been over it's just, since 1980 <laughs> <it's> been <happening. laughs> right so if it's been going on for so long it's about being honest about it yeah and it's about paying credit where credit is due and once you pay that credit and you are already honest with it then it could just be as wild and and, and 
uh, uh, just take so many different forms. You know, yeah. hip hop could be so much greater if instead of people acting like, oh, well, this ain't black music, blah, blah, blah. This is for everybody. Mm -hmm. And people are like, yeah, this is black music. Let Can we like indulge in this mm -hmm. and like be honest about the fact that it's black music yes. and then kind of try to like, then we could talk about sharing it. Yeah. <laughs> we can't try to strip the whole credit from yeah. these people and be like, oh, well, music is music and it doesn't belong to black people. Mm -hmm. And then think like, oh, nah, because it doesn't yeah. work that way. And with black people, they're the only people that like, we're the only people that, that like, people say shit like oh um music is music because when it comes to asian tra tradition we always pay homage and say oh yeah this is a japanese yeah, cultural yeah, yeah, this is yeah, 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 and that this is a chinese yeah, this yeah. and that but when it comes to black oh no that's not a black thing that's a everybody thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is super unfair yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. and and mm -hmm. well you know we're the most compassionate race in the world i mean look at what done mm -hmm. to our people for all these hundreds of years and we still haven't got revenge with it. <laughs> yeah, haven't got revenge but we're still willing to open up and uh -huh. em embrace them like right. you say we're the ones that take the steps to bridge the gap but they're mm -hmm. not you know so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I you know like mm -hmm. i say i think that from a uh, you know experienced in the nightlife you can see a different mm -hmm. side of it and uh you know and you know i mean i think japan has come a long way because when i used to come here in the 80s man it was like it was like um, you were like an outcast if you were half black, half Japanese. Yeah. They accepted you more as half white because the hair and the skin tone was similar. Mm -hmm. But back in the day when I came here, I came here in 1980. So, you know, uh, as, a, as a Navy guy. So, you know, I saw that. But now, you know, I mean, yeah, a few years ago they just had, you know, uh, Ariana... What, what's her name? Uh, yeah. Miyamoto. Miyamoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was Ms. you know Japan, representing Miss yeah University of Japan, and then the year after they had a half half Indian, half mm -hmm. Japanese. So I think the culture, the young right. people are the future. You know, guys right. like you, yourself and younger I always tell you guys are going to be the ones. We'll throw a little wisdom in there, but it's it's going to be you guys that make the change. And I see the change coming. I've seen it in Japan in my past. You know, thirty seven years over here. You know. But uh, but yeah, man, just you know, keep shooting because I, I'm loving what you do. You know, you and you made up some great points. Like, why are we the ones that's bridging the gap? And I never thought of it that way. And I've been over here, but at the same time, I never lived with Asians in the hood. You know, mm -hmm. my hood was in the country and shit. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. It was just black folks and white folks. You right, know? right, yeah. But this is you know this is the importance of what you're doing is that I I also think a lot of times um, when when we think about Asians and blacks in a relationship or the co whatever connection we have a lot of times it's so superficial right so somebody like you who's doing who's on the ground and who's talking to people face to face um, that's married to Japanese that's been in Japan a long time or in the states or whatever you get more depth of, of what it, what the connection really is mm -hmm. rather than saying like I I see I, I see those I see the those black people and the Japanese people in the club and they you know they dance and that's that's superficial. Mm -hmm. But but once you once you once you get face to face with somebody or once you um, I guess do, with your work pass them the mic kind of pass thing. them the that's, mic that's that's kind of yeah. what I'm trying to do yeah. Then then we get more into the depths mm -hmm. of what how they really feel how how they really feel how close we really are and mm -hmm. what we need to do to. Uh, you know, build a stronger, uh, build that gap, like you said. Exactly, yeah. That gap. Mm -hmm. When I first got here in the 80s, bro, as a matter of fact, they used to have Japanese TV shows where guys would go to the hood, uh, go to the States and go to the rundown skid row parts of the hood and show black people in a humiliating way and then bring it to TV. and uh, Or they would break into black clubs, as they call them, 
and you see Japanese and you know brothers all together and I like yeah yeah you made a good point about the superficial part yeah and as soon as those TV cameras roll in them Japanese girls are scattering away from brothers like you know cockroaches when the lights come on oh, because <laughs> because oh well he's my English teacher and he's this he's that because they still had that and you got to remember that was 30 you know almost 40 years ago they still had that mindset of I don't want my mama to know and I don't want to be disowned from the family I don't really so so yeah yeah that we saw a lot of that back in the 80s but mm -hmm. I feel like the gap is closing but yeah. again Still going to take some I time. never thought about the part where, you know, why is it always us mm -hmm. doing it instead of them meeting us halfway? Right, right. You know? And that's what I'm trying to do. It's kind of like this documentary that I'm doing is an invitation. Yeah. Mm. Right. It's like it's, it's an invitation. It's like, yo, meet me on Harajuku Bridge. Yeah. We're going to talk. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a little chat real quick. Let's yeah. see what we're going to do about this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just that's really all it is. Um, um. And I'm trying to make it, you know, because everybody has an agenda. Everybody got bias. Yeah. But I'm trying to make it so that I pass the mic as much as possible. Mm. So that's why I'm trying to um, not just interview the people in the hood, but in, go to Japan, go to Seoul, mm. go to the brown Asian countries too, go to Cambodia, go to um, um, the Philippines, mm. talk to sex workers, you know, people yeah. that are usually like shame, like at the oh, bottom of the class yeah, type that's shit. That's a whole nother. You know, like, whole, yeah. Yeah. right. And yeah. that's why it's a series. You know, yeah, I want to yeah. have like literally there's a whole um, there's a whole episode that's going to be called Sex Cells. Got and it. it's going to be about like porn and the standards like that we have for black men, for black women versus yeah. Asian men, Asian women's sexuality and gotcha. um, the gender norms and how it's how it differentiates. In, in so a lot of that, this was originally going to be like a two three hour documentary and then i was like man this shit is gonna be so long it's probably gonna be like five and then i'm like you know what netflix got a bunch of documentary series i'm yeah. gonna just have to this is it's, i'm not gonna do it justice if i just make a two hour documentary yeah. it has to be something yeah, that really dives much. in yeah. dives in real deep into yeah. to, into like everything yes um, well, speaking of on. sex work in japan if you ever go to the uh they have these uh you know they have these sex shops and, and you know they sell dvds and stuff like porn dvds huge business because you know sex sells you know right and they got this series where they have nothing but black men you know in the porn industry in japan mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and so it, it, yeah 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 if you could break down and catch one of them brothers you, you, you said you've even seen some of your yeah, boys on yeah, there, yeah, I've seen some of boys <laughs> on there. you know couple, yeah, walking in store oh shit that's tyrone Man, God, yeah you know a couple of them got fired from the job I'm like nigga why you didn't wear a mask you know what i'm saying but uh, yeah, they got some brothers that we, you know, we used to know personally that was out there doing it, and they had to start off messing with the ugly women, right? I mean, them, you know, but they said they had to work their way up. Now they're into the mainstream, like you got these porn companies named Madonna and all that, this, that, and the other, you know, like top of the line porn companies, mm -hmm. and they're uh, they got brothers in them, and they even have a series, and it's well straight up series you know yeah. black fuck <laughs> that's black what they call fuck. it so you look for black fuck on the internet you know you go <laughs> you'll see a bunch of videos you know madonna and all them different companies mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people might say man what a 50 some year old nigga like you still looking at porn shit nigga you can uh, your dick hard and make you feel good <laughs> shit you know why not you know what i'm saying yeah and that that's, that's like you know this whole documentary is about that like about being candid about like mm. raw honesty yeah. so it's just like that's why i, I want to talk about like topics like that that a lot of people don't talk about like just yeah. straight porn like just very casual like it's like who doesn't watch porn 
Yeah. You know, a lot of people watch porn or have seen porn, mm -hmm. so why not talk about that? You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. who hasn't watched? Like, sex work is, is, is a whole spectrum of, of sex work. Like, whether yeah. it's, people, it's, it's girls selling nudes from their crib or mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. being on the streets, like literally Webcam selling girls ass, webcam girls, you know, yeah. all of that shit. Like, everyone has, has almost everyone has indulged in, in some, in like, uh, uh, supporting sex work in some type of way. Yeah. Even if it's a stripper, if you was watching a, a music video where some girl was shaking her ass, she's probably a video vixen and does some type of sex work on the side, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all indulge in it. And to the point where I kind of also want to take away that stigma, too. Absolutely. Of, of, of the sex work as well because yeah. it's just like these are people with a story and these are people that are also from the hood so it's like like uh well not all of them but you know a lot of them are mm -hmm. especially like growing up in the hood and like seeing sex rings in Harlem all the yeah. time mm -hmm. and shit like yeah. that yeah. so that just kind of like inspired me to like just bring everything together and, and just really um, bridge that gap. Shit, you got motherfuckers with teaching degrees, master's degrees, all that doing porn, man. And, you know they, you know they make a lot. You know, but yeah, it, it, and they're they're people, and if they work legally, that's why I'm all about legalizing uh, mm -hmm. prostitution, mm -hmm. decriminalizing drugs, mm -hmm. because it's not natural to suppress human desires. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was talking with these conservative white ladies, right? You know, real mm -hmm. church going conservative. And they say, well, you know, it's the morals. And I was like, look, I say, stop talking about morals mm -hmm. and stuff in the U.S. I said, we got a $25 billion a year porno industry, and I am a proud customer of it. <laughs> I know I make my contributions. And I say, that shit's natural. It make you feel good. You know what right. I'm saying? So sex is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that some sex workers are forced into it. Right. But for the ones that want to do it, why demonize them? I mean, right. as long as it's consensual, then what, yeah, what is the issue? Yeah, you, you know, know they sign mm -hmm. a contract, they're getting paid, mm -hmm. you know, they pay their taxes. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, the difference between a sex scene on a damn regular TV series and a right. sex scene on porn is that one shows everything and one leaves it up to your imagination. Well, I'm right. one of them niggas that be, believe in. I go to a strip show, I don't need to see you tease. Come out naked and then dance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. So yeah, yeah right, so. I, but that's why we call ourselves the Raw Urban Mobile mm -hmm. Podcast because we believe in rawness. Mm -hmm. You know, but my only my only concern with with legalizing sex work wouldn't be uh, uh, um, the morality of it. It's kind of like the same thing with weed. It's like, mm. what's gonna happen to all of the people that was, that's in jail for prostitution? Yeah. Are they gonna get free? Because there's, there's, there's a bunch of well, in in the U.S. Yeah, it's yeah. like it hasn't happened. Like all of these motherfuckers are still locked up for weed, while Chad is and, and Billy is is opening up a fucking uh, um um weed, weed dispensary weed, yeah, in Colorado weed. selling weed legally, you, while all these Tyrones and Jeromes is in jail because they had a fucking dime on them. You know, mm -hmm. speaking you know? of that, right? You just brought up a great point. I was listening to the news. And I listen to the news just for the sake of listening to it. I don't get emotionally involved in that shit, right? Mm -hmm. But you remember the former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, right? Mm -hmm. That motherfucker used to have all this tough legislation about weed and this, that, and the other. I just found out that this motherfucker is investing. You might want to look that up, but I just heard that he's investing into uh, a marijuana dispensary company and this, that, and the other. So now you're going to profit off the same shit you sent motherfuckers to jail, to jail for. for. Of course, that's and, how it always I, is. You know, that's a great point you brought up because also I was listening to where I think this prosecutor in California is working with some legal guys and they're working pro bono to get all the guys who are thrown in jail, as many as possible, and he's talking about going with tens of thousands in California, out of jail for simple weed possession. Now, he ain't talking about the guys that were caught for simple weed possession and did a heinous crime or some shit. Right. But he's saying now, since it's becoming legal, 
What about, and you brought up a great point. What about the guys who are serving down? Or what about the women who are in jail? You know, or what about the Johns who got arrested right. with these setups and shit? So, this, yeah. This, this girls that I personally know that they weren't even sex workers. Like, they they literally have, have like, been arrested. Like, they were raped and they went and reported it and they've been arrested for prostitution. Wow. Like, they were suspected of prostitution. Wow. But they, they were not even doing sex work. They literally got raped, but they suspected them. So it was like they held them overnight in jail. How do you get arrested when you go to report a crime? <laughs> wow. And good. so that, that shit happens. You know, there's a lot of people that go to jail and still in jail for prostitution. and it's, it's, or, or like even people that, like, like you said, like the people that are forced into sex work, which isn't sex work. That's sex trafficking, right? There's people that get forced into that and they have to go to jail because mm. they were participating in it as if, you know, like they didn't really have a choice, mm-hmm. but they participated in it, you gotcha. know? And so they're in jail for that. And then my, also another concern of mine is, mm-hmm. is just like how insidious capitalism is. It's like, it's kind of like, if you look at a porn star's agent, they're kind of like a pimp. Anyone that's an agent or a manager mm-hmm. in some form is a pimp. Yeah. Because they're profiting off of somebody else's label without actually doing it, just because they're communicating and being the little middleman that's yeah. getting up, that's booking them jobs. Mm. What does a pimp do? A pimp goes and gets uh, uh, women and, and he houses them and clothes them and he puts them on the street. They make money and he takes some of their cut from from their money well, and he analogy, takes care of them. Yeah. Right. And so what's gonna happen to that? Pimps are just gonna become agencies and like model agencies, porn stars. I mean, not porn stars. Prostitutes are going to be called models now, and like if you legalize prostitution, like in in, in the states, mm-hmm. um, you you're already going to have these agencies for those things. You're going to have like these um these brothels or like these these um these houses that'll house women, and they'll just call it an agency because it's legalized now, and because they have all the paperwork. And now, what did we do? It's just sex work. We legalized it, and it's still the same shit. White men controlling the means of production for a bunch of people of color and women of color that are being basically um, 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 subjugated by these white men that own these big companies because they're the ones that have the means of production in their, in their power. If, if you go to Europe, you'll see stuff like that. Um, right. Where it's more, it's more accepted, it's more professional, it's like, it's a business. Right. Um, yeah, I've been in Berlin, Prague, mm-hmm. had some, uh, some crazy nights there. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Bro, I ain't gonna lie to you. Maybe if I had the money I spent on that, man, I'd probably be a billionaire by now. <laughs> you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could dig that. But yeah, bro. Yeah. We, we appreciate you for coming through, though, man. man. Really appreciate Thank you. you, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Man, for sure. I love your work, my brother. This is one of my very few podcasts that I've ever done, so okay. yeah, you guys are one of the first. You ever done a yeah. podcast in a van? No, this is my first podcast. Ghetto, ghetto studio people. This is great. You got trendsetters. Y'all trendsetters. Trend when people yeah. see this, they're gonna be like, "Oh man, why didn't I think of that?" Yeah, right. Great Those acoustics. Everything is, you know, soundproofed in here. Almost. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we don't believe in soundproofing because we on the streets. We want you to hear the streets. <laughs> yeah, as long as it ain't too loud. But, we out you know, here in the streets. You yeah. know, you hear everything. You hear the rain. You hear. Yeah, you hear the rain. You know, you, you hear the fucking yeah. Mario Karts zooming by. You yeah. seen those in, in the yeah. streets of Tokyo? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So yeah, man. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, it's been a pleasure. Um, we, we wish you luck and, and the best. Man, I'm going to see you on the red carpet, dog. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we just I'll see we, y'all, too. I'll, I'll, I'll we see just y'all making the, you. the yeah, Tokyo yeah, yeah, Breakfast yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. I have a longer... I have <laughs> the a miso longer, suit, the, 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 the miso club. He said Tokyo <laughs> Breakfast Club. <laughs> Tokyo Breakfast Tokyo Miso Club, all right, you know. <laughs>
But yeah, yeah. seriously, all, all the best, man. And um, yeah, we'll see you again in September, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to hook right. up again, my brother. Say bye to my audience. Introduce yourselves again real quick. With Chocolate Reef. Buddha in the house. Tokyo Cliff. Eastside, Harlem Revenue.